Hey guys, what are you doing and how are you all doing? I hope you're doing well, um, like the best and really doing well. And uh, I'm not talking about, you know, doing well uh, in terms of uh, anything else, but peace of mind is what I really want to focus on because we all want that peace of mind. You know, the most important thing for each one of us just keeps us, you know, oh, wow, it's like uh, it's that me- meditative kind of feeling. You know, everything's going on normal. Like we're not talking about the best, but at least it's just going on peacefully. Peace of mind on top of my mind. Uh, anyways, hope you're doing well. Um, uh, there are many things that I really wanted to talk about, but, you know, things change. And, you know, my podcast is, is uh, by a just nobody like me. And uh, it's for the just nobodies, the regular person, the common person, the man on the street uh, is who I try to reach out to. Uh, um, and yes, uh, so um, uh, many things. But right now I want to talk about the seasons. I know it's small talk, but hey, man, like last time, uh, the last episode that I really was uh, uh, was talking to you at that time uh it was it was hot of course you know it was summer and uh it was it's warm it was warm which i really like um you know i know i was complaining at that time it was hot and stuff like that but hey man i can't take this cold and it's already started getting cold you know uh just like that you know uh the um we've kind of uh, seen a season change like yesterday it was nice and warm and I could walk around wearing anything I wanted like I could just be wearing flip-flops and just kind of walking around but right now it's it's just like in three months I took out my boots I took out my sweaters my jackets and it's already time to layer up like you know so many layers and I'm not ready for that man I don't want to do it I don't want to wear layers I don't want to wear clothes you know I just wear something to kind of uh, cover a few parts you know I don't wear it for fashion or whatever you know I don't I don't want to kind of wear long boots and stuff like that because I have to protect myself from the cold I just love those flip-flops or the slippers or chapels or whatever you call them you know um the leaves are getting uh, started turning from green to orange which is heartbreaking it's sad it's depressing it's getting darker earlier and it's going to get even darker when the daylight savings things begins in november that is next month you know it's like hey man it's just 4 p.m but it's so dark you know the day is over i'm not ready for that bullshit no way you know um so fall and winter hey man goodbye bye-bye get on my get out of my sight i want nothing to do with you and people who like fall and winter hey man i don't get you guys you know like what are you talking about do you really like cold slapping on your face and body do you really like wearing that many layers of clothes like what do you like about dead trees no sunlight and no people on the streets i'm not ready for that bullshit man I'm not ready for that. What I like is, you know, green green trees, green leaves or whatever, crowded streets, people on the streets. You know, there's a lot of uh, people talking and, uh, oh, it's, it's lively, it's crowded, you know, music and stuff like that. And nice sunlight, like, you know, sunlight during the day, at least till 7 p.m., at least till 6.30 p.m., you know. 
like and what I believe is like that's what every human being likes. Like, hey man, you like cold? Like you like wearing those many layers of clothes? You like no sunlight? Like you like dead streets? You like dead trees? I don't know, man. Spring and summer is my type of season. Like those are the seasons that I really can do with, you know, all my life. The best time. I love spring better than summer. Uh, and, um, you know, spring and summer is all about, you know, the most wonderful time of the year. When the trees are green and the sun is shining and the streets are crowded. It's the most wonderful time of the year i know the most wonderful time of the year i mean what do you call it december i mean they say winter right uh, that's the most important time of the year i'm a, i'm i was born in december you know i'm a december baby and i still don't like winter i don't like that you know that kind of cold and during those months i'm not ready for that man whatever be it's the most wonderful time of the year. That's spring and summer for me. Amen. Spring and summer is the most wonderful time of the year. Anyway, so um, I'm just asking you one last one again, you know. Come on, man. What I can do, whatever I want, right? I can do, I can ask you a thousand times on my episodes. I hope you're doing all well, you know, because I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. It's so important to really do well, like, you know, uh, the mental state, uh, state of mind, very important to be really good mentally, physically, and spiritually, you know, be strong. And I hope we can do it because although we want to be that way, you know, we want to be peaceful and spiritual. Uh, mentally physically spiritually there are certain external factors that don't that kind of uh, is a roadblock from helping us get to that state of mind for instance um just a few days back you know a few days back uh, i was i was talking about i was literally thinking and i was also uh communicating about the conflict between uh, the conflict between Ukraine and uh, Russia. And I was like, you know, really worried. I was actually thinking about the ongoing war that is nearly going to be two years old. It's been going on for two years old, two years now. And uh, with no ends, I was tweeting about it and I was talking about it with a few uh, folks. And I was like, hey man, Ukraine and Russia conflict should not go the Iraq or the Afghanistan or the previous wars uh, that have happened in the past, which have almost gone for a, for a decade, nearly 10 years, more than that. So I was thinking about that and I was, I was like, you know, hey man, it's really time. It's almost nearly, it's nearing like two years and it's almost time for pr private diplomatic talks to at least you know, kind of um, initiate a ceasefire. That's what I was talking about. You know, initiate a ceasefire for stopping the war. Uh, if stopping the war completely is not possible, at least kind of initiate a ceasefire in Ukraine so that, you know, folks, uh, the diplomatic talks can happen and they can find a kind of a middle way to end this war because, you know, uh, for the benefit of the regular people, 
civilians, the just and nobodies, for people, you know, who have nothing to do with the war in Ukraine and Russia, who are unnecessarily being slaughtered for no fault of theirs. That's what I was thinking, you know, a few days back. And I was really worried, you know, hey, man, that these people should start diplomatic talks. And in just in no time, like it was just like 24 hours, I wake up the, the next morning and then you hear about uh, this, this conflict that breaks out between um, Israel and a terrorist group, which is really, really sad. What the images and videos that came out from Israel, you know, were shocking, was terrifying. You know, my heart goes out to everyone who was killed and injured at that music festival in Israel, which is really sad. People who have been take, taken hostages, hope these hostages return home safely. You know, uh, that is what I really pray for, because what happened in Israel was shocking and devastating. It should have never happened. And um, Israel was has a full right to defend itself from those barrage of attacks that happened, you know, um, against the terrorist group. No doubt about it. If someone kind of, uh, you are uh, you are responsible, you are administratively responsible for the people of your country as a leader, and you have full right to respond to the terrorist group who did that to more than 250 people of your country. But the only problem with the kind of response that, uh, was uh, done was you know wherein there was instead of targeting the ter- just the terrorist group like you know you have you'd have to have a targeted attack towards the terrorist group what happened is uh the people of gaza the, in uh, the people the civilians in gaza and the gaza, gaza strip were carpet bomb bombed uh you know as a response to fight against those evil attacks that happened in Israel, which is really sad. Now, Gaza has 2 million people, out of which 50% of them, that's 1 million people in, Ga- in living on the Gaza Strip, are children, you know. What do these children really have to do with the, with, uh, the incident that happened in Israel? They had nothing to do. They're just children, you know. Um, and um, so, hey, you had the full right to kind of defend yourself, to respond to what happened in Israel, definitely. But it should have been targeted towards the the terrorist group, the terrorists, the evildoers, and not innocent civilians. So bombing the Gaza Strip is not the correct response, you know. Uh, It it was not uh, the two million people living in Gaza have done nothing. They're just innocent people. They're just regular people. They're just just nobodies, you know. They're just they're just living their lives like, you know, regular people. They had nothing to do with that incident at all. Worst, while civilians in Gaza were being carpet bo- carpet bombed, their access to water, electricity, and food was also denied, which is really, really, really a humanitarian crisis when you don't give someone with purposefully, you know, it's not a natural, it's not climate change. It's not naturally happening. It's purposefully cutting access to water, food and electricity of the common people in Gaza, which is the worst thing to do in the most 
inhuman thing to do after knowing that one million of those people living on the Gaza Strip are children. You know, the answer to killing innocent civilians is not killing more innocent civilians. It's not the answer. The answer to killing the killing of kids is not killing more innocent kids. That's not the answer. What happened in Israel, the innocent civilians there were bombarded and I hope the hostages come back, but Palestinian civilians did not do any of that. They don't need to pay the price for something that they didn't do. Worst, the civilians in Gaza are now told to evacuate in 24 hours. Some few hours have already passed. And that too, they are forced to evacuate their own lands. The Gaza Strip belongs to the Palestinians. And why are they forced to evacuate it? And where are they supposed to go? Even if they have to evacuate, like where are they supposed to go? There's no clear indication. There's no clear instructions. All they hear is leave now. These days, even if they leave now, they become refugees, right? And these days, no one is accepting refugees. Refugees are given third grade treatment. No one, they're not welcome anywhere. They're stopping the boats at refugees. Where do they go? And how do people who don't ac have access to food, water, electricity supposed to escape? Like how and if you don't have food in your stomach and if you have no clean water, you have no energy. How are you supposed to escape? Not possible. This is getting crazy and it must stop. It must really stop. The international community must stop this conflict and call for a ceasefire now. They should separate their loyalties. Like whoever is in the international community who's not doing doing their 100% to stop the civilian casualties in, in the Gaza Strip, on the Gaza Strip. They need to separate their loyalties with nations, allies and friends and look at the situation with an honest eye. That's all that we are asking for. Just look at it, you know. Leave your loyalties, leave your friendship, leave your allies and everything out. Look at the picture as it is right now, you know. See what's happening and make the right decision based on your conscience, you know, to prevent the killing of innocent civilians in Gaza, out of which one million are children, man. Like, what are we doing? That's why I always say, you know, loyalty is just overrated. Don't ask for loyalty and never give anyone your loyalty, you know, because, you know, when... It's crazy because if you don't add critical thinking to uh, to a situation and you're just loyal to them blindly, you know, it forces you to ignore the wrongs done by the people we are loyal to, which is true. It's happening. We're seeing it right, right now, you know. Uh, you cannot forgive someone's wrongdoing because they are your allies or because they're your friends. And you cannot oppress people because they are your friends' enemies can't happen you need to be honest if you're a leader you need to be honest you need to have a conscience 
so important. Blind loyalty is going to kill all of us. My friend's enemy is not my enemy. And my enemy's enemy is not my friend. On the top of it, everyone's choosing a side, you know, like, hey, which side do you belong to? Are you on the Palestinian side? Are you on the Israel side? Like, which side are you on? Like, what are you doing? I don't need to take anyone's side, you know, that's loyalty. I don't want to be loyal to anybody. I want to look at the situation as it's happening. Look at, look at it honestly. See what's happening, you know. There's no side to take. Not taking any sides. It's not, a, it's not a sports match or a game, you know, that we are playing. This is real life. And uh, so it's, it's based on the situation. You're not going to take sides. We're not going to take sides. Um, because these people, you know, they all, uh, all they want is the peace of mind and to just live, you know, normally as normal people, they're not asking you for money. All they're asking you for is dignity, you know, just their freedom, basic freedom. That's all they want. And the only side that we all should be supporting right now is a peace of mind and immediately stopping the attacks of innocent civilians with humanity. That's all that we need. I hope this war ends or this conflict ends because war or any of these kind of conflicts where there's bloodshed, you know, it's a lose-lose situation. No one has ever won a war. No one wins a war. It's something where pe- where, where something, you know, in a situation where people are dying no one wins that there's blood there you know and it's also time to be fair to every human being living on this planet regardless of their religion nationality the money in their bank account uh, their culture and what they can give us in return and being human is free you know it does, we, we don't have to pay anything to just be fair and be normal and just be human with anybody. It doesn't cost us anything. It's just free. It's, and it's easy, you know. To be unfair to someone or to be, uh, to be, um, to be unkind to someone, you've got to be a schemer to do that. You know, you have to plan. You have to kind of scheme to be able to, uh, to be unfair to someone, to, sh- to be cruel to someone. Otherwise, it's, it's really simple, you know. It's very tough being inhuman. It's very tough being cruel to someone. Um, also, one last thing. This, conf- this conflict has actually exposed many leaders who pretended to be humanitarians. I got fooled. I really got fooled. I thought... Many of these international leaders as good people, you know, as humanitarians. But they're silent right now. They're not doing anything to stop it. So they're, they're, this, this conflict has exposed many people, many leaders who pretended to be humanitarians all this while. They lectured us about humanity all this while. But when it was time to be one, to be a humanitarian, they are pretending to unsee 
the humanitarian crisis in Gaza, the innocent people, we are not telling you. No one is saying that, hey, you know, you got to look at one side. There's a crisis on both sides. But we need to, as humanitarians, you need to look at the humanitarian crisis everywhere, not just on one side. If you don't, you know, like uh, there's this, there's this quote that I really uh, like, which is said by John Stewart. I, I think I heard it uh, once on one of his shows. If you don't stick to your values when they are tested, they're not values. They're hobbies. That's what he said, and I completely agree with this. Because, um, you know, what we're seeing right now is people who, uh, at least they have exposed, uh, you know, I, 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 I come to know that, you know, those people were just pretending to be good people, humanitarians, but they're not. Sadly, they're not. And, uh, you know, uh, these things make you very uh, emotional. They kind of, uh, uh, they make you think of of uh, a few things. Like, you know, I just remembered, um, I also had kind of shared this once on social media of this famous quote from Mark Twain, who once said about, when he was talking about wars, he says, man is the only animal that deals in that atrocity of atrocities, war. He's the only one that gathers his brethren about him and goes forth in cold blood and calm pulse to exterminate his kind. He's the only animal that for sordid wages will march out and help to slaughter strangers of his own species who have done him no harm and with whom he has no quarrel. And in the intervals between campaigns, he washes the blood of his hands and works for the universal brotherhood of man with his mouth. Famous words by Mark Twain about war, and I completely agree with it. And many of you, you know, um, you, you know that I love watching comedians do their thing, you know. Uh, and I don't want to bring comedy in a situation which is a conflict. Uh, but uh, this is important, you know, why? Because, um, you know, I, I've, I've talked a lot about how much of comedy I watch. I watch comedy in good times. I watch comedy in bad times because it really is a stress reliever for me. I love how comedians and stand-up comedy is a fantastic way to relieve stress. Like, you know, I've said this before, but I hope, you know, you use it as well as a great way to... Um, Escape whatever you're going through. It's very, very powerful. But last night, I watched Mo Armour. Uh, he's it's a comedy special called Vagabond, um, which I watched again. Like, you know, I love this guy. He's a great comedian, uh, Mo Armour. Um, and he has this comedy special called Vagabond and many more, I believe. I watched one of his movies, which is called... Um, uh, the first season where he calls it Mo. And then there's another uh, comedy special that he has, which is called Muhammad in Texas. Fantastic. If you get a chance, you know, go check it out because he's he's really good. But what I want to get to is uh, why I watched it last night with all this happening. I wanted to kind of, you know, get my mind a little uh, eased out, like not thinking about all this. So I watched Mo. Uh, who's a Palestinian, and he talks about his own life and like how how he lived as a refugee 
because he's a refugee he was a refugee and now he he got a citizenship after 20 years of uh, after nearly 20 years that's what he says in his uh, in his special he talks about about his path to citizenship and how different it is to be a muslim arab american refugee that's what he talks i love how comedians make people laugh from their personal experiences and more does it fabulously and you should check it out if you get a chance he talks about his struggles being a refugee and tra- and be and traveling you know touring the world to perform comedy without an actual passport it took him it took him about 20 years i think uh, to get a passport um and he talks about that in his special um and uh, how it took him 20 years yeah it, it took him 20 years to get the passport and um, it, i'm playing this bit actually uh, from his comedy special because i watched it uh, yesterday uh, you know and i love how um, how he talks about um, one sec let me just get that yeah so um i i love how he talks about uh, traveling as a co- comedian uh, being a refugee you know and not having a passport and being a palestinian um having palestinian roots etc so it's wonderful you should check it out uh, not only vagabond he has mohammed in texas is another special and he has an entire season of um uh kind of a movie yeah i think these are episodes it was an entire movie i've watched it but he talks about his journey in that it's called mo you can check it out on netflix but right now i'm going to play this bit uh from his special the vagabond uh where he's talking about traveling as a comedian doing tours and showcasing you know you know kind of he, tra- he just talks about it so i'll just play it here you check him out and uh, we'll be on the other side <laughs> it took me like 20 years to get my citizenship 20 years to get my citizenship i believe that's called <laughs> i believe that's called extreme vetting it already exists for many years i traveled without a passport they give refugees a refugee travel document on the front it looks real official department of homeland security makes me look like a diplomat. However, on the inside in all caps it says this is not a US passport. <laughs> Confuses immigration officers globally. My first tour out of the country was to Germany. I get there and the guy's like, "Yeah, yeah, welcome to Germany. Can I can I have your passport, please?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, here you go." He's like, "No, yeah, it's good, yeah." Our <laughs> look very special, yeah. Oh no. Can I have your passport, please? I'm like, hey man, that is my passport. Village cannot be a passport. Shows here is not a passport, yeah. It shows here you're born in Kuwait. Can I please have your Kuwaiti passport? I was like, hey man, I don't have a Kuwaiti passport. He's like, well, find that you have a Kuwaiti passport. I was like, relax, okay. First of all, in Kuwait, doesn't matter if you're born there. It matters where your parents come from. He goes, yeah. Well, where do your parents come from? I was like, "Oh, my parents are Palestinian." He goes, "Well, give me your Palestinian passport." I was like, "Bro, I don't have a Palestinian passport." He goes, "Well, why don't you have a Palestinian passport?" I was like, "Cuz Palestine is not a state." He goes, "Well, why don't you make it a state?" I was like, "What?" I'm like, "Have you not watched the news the last 68 years?" And by the way, I'm in Germany. This is all your fault to begin with. That's 
off to comedians, you know, who give us laughs with something that is really, you know, a very, very serious um, and an emotional uh, journey. Uh, so, um, yes, yeah, so go check it out. Mo, Amir, um, Amir, um, he's on Netflix and he's got great specials there. Uh, right, so um, I don't know whether I should call it uh, the end of the episode, but since we're talking about um, since we're talking about us, you know, I, I, I actually um, uh, I saw these bodies of aliens discovered in Mexico that the Congress in Mexico unveiled. How many of y'all saw that? You know, like last I think in my last episode I did talk about the United States Congress talking about, um, you know, uh, the identification of these aliens. But now Mexico has gone one step further by unveiling these uh, alien bodies. And um, I was so happy to see those bodies, like literally two of them, you know, nicely sleeping, I fell in love with them. Like I always tell you that, you know, they're my darlings. Like I would love to see an alien. Like they're my favorite people in this whole universe, you know. Um, and um, I was excited, like, you know, I, I don't know whether you saw it, but maybe I'll share a link. Should I share a link? I don't know. So when I first saw them, I thought they were sleeping, but um, uh, but then, you know, these, um, the U.S., the, the Mexican Congress uh, said they suspected uh, that the, the, these, these aliens were about 1,000 plus years old and they were mummified. And uh, I don't know why was Mexico hiding them because they were found in 2017 in uh, Peru. Uh, so they kept them away from us and not telling us for nearly about how many, six years now. I don't know why they were hiding it from us, uh, from the world. Mexico called these non-humans. They didn't call them aliens, so non-human corpses. They showcased them in windowed boxes. Their DNA samples were taken. They were put through CD scans. And I love the way they look. You know, elongated heads and three fingers in each hand. Two eyes just like us. One mouth just like us. Two arms just like us. Two legs just like us. Beautiful, man. Like one of those aliens was female supposedly. And uh, her x-ray showed that she had eggs. And um, the... Uh, uh, they were named uh, Claire, Claire and uh, Mauricio. That's what their name was, uh, as per Mexico, I mean, the Congress in Mexico. I fell in love with them, uh, you know, once they were revealed. And literally, like, you know, I would love to see them, like, you know, in person. Literally human-looking bodies that were not, we're not calling humans, but they look like humans and they... They just look like us, you know. The bottom line, like I said last time, that no matter which planet in the universe you've come from, you know, like these aliens have definitely come on, come from another planet. We have one thing in common, that is we come from the same universe, which is, ooh, hair-raising, you know. Uh, it's like uh, goosebumps kind of feeling, you know, when you think of it. And since those aliens and we humans originated from the same universe, we definitely are made of the same stuff, you know. No matter what, we're made of the same stuff. That is, the uni that's, that's like atoms, molecules, and chemicals. And that's why we look so alike, no matter what. 
Uh, and so we shouldn't be afraid. Like I always say, we shouldn't be afraid of aliens, no matter what, because we are the same life forms. Just look, we look different. Uh, you know, uh, they will, and they definitely, since they look at us in a one leg, uh, two legs, two hands, of course, a number of digits in their fingers differ because maybe slight alterations, but they look like us. They're one head, two eyes, one nose, totally like us. And I'm sure they're made by the same fundamental building blocks of life that is in the universe that many of these telescopes you know have kind of peered into the universe and uh, they found the same fundamental blocks of life that is hydrogen carbon dioxide nitrogen and oxygen so no matter which celestial body anybody comes from the universe is the same no matter which planet they come from the universe is the same so thank you, Mexico, for sharing with us those aliens, aliens, because I love aliens and I love how they look so similar to us. I love people who are different from us anyway. So, you know, uh, there's no way that um, I would not fall in love with my darlings. Darlings. Now, the U.S. Congress did talk about alien sighting, but they did not show us any or no evidence like Mexico congressman one step further to unbox them and show it to the world. Thank you, Mexico. Hola, hola, como estas? Obrigada. Gracias. If I'm pronouncing Spanish right, you know. My Spanish is so bad. Like, literally, I call tortillas, tortillas, uh, tortilla. I call, uh, once I was traveling to a place and uh, the name of the street was J-A-V-I-E-R. And I said, I said, Xavier. But then I was corrected saying it's Javier. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, my Spanish is so bad. Like, literally. I once, uh, when I first said, give me, um, give me uh, chalupas is what I can say. Uh, like, anything with that h in it like j the j that comes in any kind of spanish words like my mind goes on a roller coaster you know i know that it's a, the pronunciation is different but nah it's just like hey man i can't do it you know um it's crazy so I need to at least know the basics, right? At least say the basics correctly in Spanish. I don't know. Let me see. Hola, 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 como estas? Gracias. Hola. This is all that I know. <laughs> like, I can say this in confidence, you know? The other thing is like, Tortillas, chalupas, <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, what's that? Um, uh, what else? Uh, like you know, whatever I have to say. Um, what else are the dishes? Let me just see. <laughs> food, <laughs> Spanish food. Uh, let me see. Um, I can't remember, but the J, the J in Spanish. Hey, man, I am going for a ride. My mind goes on a ride when I see a J uh, in a Spanish word. Like, I can't. Like, you know, I really get very nervous uh, to say it. Like the Xavier and the Javier thing, you know. 
It's crazy. Right, so I was talking about this aliens thing. So um, aliens are real, no matter what. Like, I, I love aliens, and I hope we find more of them, like, for sure. And I've, like, al already put my nomination to become an alien ambassador uh, to start a conversation with between aliens and humans, and I can do a very good job for that. So I want you to make uh, to nominate me as your global alien ambassador. And just like... Just like we can be friends with aliens, I hope we can also be kind and uh, human and uh, fair to every human being on this planet because it's just free to do that. It doesn't cost you anything. The only time that it costs, you know, it you have to be a schemer to do the reverse, to be inhuman, to be unfair to be mean you gotta be you gotta scheme there's a whole plan to do that you know but it's, otherwise it's very normal to be you know a normal person it doesn't cost anything it's free we all can coexist um And no matter what, you know, people say, you know, we're always fighting and there's always a run. We're running and we're trying to kind of compete with each other, whatever. We all can exist on this planet, in this universe. There's a place for everybody on this planet. And there's an audience for everybody on this planet. So no matter who you are, you know, ultimately, you could have... Not everybody likes the same thing. You know, there's an audience for everybody. So never really let yourself down. Keep doing what you're doing, you know, because there's an audience for you as well. One, two, maybe, you know, whoever. Like I have two people who really listen to my episode, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, everybody has an audience. So don't really give up. Keep doing what you're doing. Um I think that's all that I had for this episode. Um, um, and uh, that's all that I want to talk about. Uh, most importantly, I just want to end by saying I'm praying really hard and I hope you pray with me that uh, this conflict uh, that's happening right now as we speak ends and um, the people in Gaza are not bombarded right now. Uh, you know, the innocent people, I'm talking about the innocent civilians out there, uh, two million of them, one million of them being children. They don't deserve to be bombarded. I hope that stops right now as I'm speaking. And uh, I'm praying that the hostages uh, that were taken away, uh, you know, in Israel, I hope they return back safely in one piece, safe and sound. And I just pray for peace all over the world, you know. We just live our lives normally. That's all they were asking for. Peace of mind. And just leave everybody alone, you know. Let everybody have their space. That's all. Anyways, that's all that I'm asking. Uh, that's all that I want to talk about right now. Uh, I need to kind of wind up. Until next time, baby. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. Take care, guys. Bye.